This is the ignorance of LGBTQ hate. On June 15, 2020, the Supreme Court delivered a landmark decision. It was captioned Bostock v. Clayton County. And in that case, there were several plaintiffs, but one employee, Gerald Bostock of Clayton County, Georgia, was fired because he joined a recreational softball league, a gay recreational softball league. And one of the other plaintiffs was Amy Stevens. He, at the time, had worked for six years as a male funeral director in Michigan, but was fired two weeks after she told her boss that she was transgender and would be coming to work as a woman. The Supreme Court ruled six to three in favor of the 1964 Civil Rights Act and that it applies to gay, lesbian, and transgender employees, protecting them from discrimination based on sex. And notably, Chief Justice John Roberts was in the majority opinion with the liberals on this one. And even more notably, Neil Gorsuch wrote the opinion for the court. And Gorsuch was also the first Supreme Court justice appointed by Donald Trump. And this is part of what Justice Gorsuch wrote. Today we must decide whether an employer can fire somebody simply for being homosexual or transgender. The answer is clear. It is impossible to discriminate against a person for being homosexual or transgender without discriminating based on sex. If there were two employees both attracted to men, one was male and the other female, if the employer fires the male employee for no other reason than the fact that he's attracted to men but not the woman, and that is clearly a firing based on sex. Now, Associate Justices Samuel Alito, Clarence Thomas, and Donald Trump's second appointee, Brett Kavanaugh, who claim to be textualists and originalists, which means that they say they interpret the law as written, as intended by the founders of our country. Those three opposed the opinion of the Supreme Court. They declined to follow the text of the law, which prohibits discrimination on the basis of sex, because they felt it was better to reflect what they think the current values of society are. So, you, but the bottom line is you can't be a textualist, you can't be an originalist if you're not gonna follow the law or the text as written. And even the lawyer who was arguing the case for the county, the county that discriminated, admitted during the argument that Clayton County followed their culture, not the law. And I think those three Supreme Court justices represent generally the more conservative evangelical political ideology. And in their defense, they talked about how gay and transgender people might offend their religious values, but it's kind of weird when you think about it that way, right? Because, I mean, I don't find, it's not even in the Bible anywhere where it tells Christian human beings to judge other human beings who in their eyes are committing sin, because the last time I checked, all Christians believe everybody's a sinner. And even Jerry Falwell Jr., the president of Liberty University, which is the beating heart of conservative evangelical leadership, admitted to having a long-standing sexual relationship. And for years, Falwell and his wife Becky brought a bisexual pool boy named John Carlo Granda. And, and for years, John Carlo was banging Becky Falwell in hotels all across the country while Jerry Falwell Jr. beat off in the corner. Also, Liberty University and the Falwells bankrolled this pool boys Miami LGBTQ nightclub and B&B. And the Falwells had multiple three-way sexual relationships with other young men too, including another pool boy. 
Do any American conservative evangelicals in this country think that Jerry Falwell's history of BGQ orgies infringe on their religious freedom? I didn't hear any outcry about religious infringement from the American conservative evangelical masses. Kids, did you? They didn't say anything. They didn't complain about having their religious liberties infringed on. So if the national leader of the American conservative evangelical ideology can engage in decades of BGQ orgies, how is it a problem for regular people? People they don't even know, who might not even be in their religion. Why is it a big deal when regular normal people do LGBTQ stuff? And I'll never forget when the Supreme Court announced the decision in Bostock v. Clayton County. A retired colonel in the army, a JAG, which is a military lawyer, somebody who knows the law and the constitution made a comment on Facebook that this case was horribly decided and that transgender people had no rights to defend. And you know, I just couldn't sit still for that one, so I responded with something like this. You know, I have a cousin who was born with both sets of genitals, boy parts and lady parts. And his parents and the doc talked it over, and his little baby Neener looked a little bit more developed than his little baby Flower. So they sewed up his vagina and pumped him full of testosterone and turned him into a all-the-way baby boy. But you know what? Sometimes the doctor chooses wrong. The doctor can make a mistake and pick the wrong sex, and that is a fact. So in cases where they make a mistake, when that little boy grows up feeling like a girl inside, does that make him a sinner? Because the doctor made him the wrong sex, does that take away his rights, or does that mean the doctor effed him out of his constitutional rights to non-discrimination? So he's an abomination and a disgusting sinner, and his transgender identity is like a big problem for you, right? Like it's not a fucking problem for him. And I kind of went in for the kill and finished him off with something like this. So tell me, sir, when did she lose all her constitutional protections against non-discrimination and human rights? Do you think she was ever a boy? Did she lose her rights under the Constitution at the moment in time when the doctor fucked everything up and turned her into a boy at birth? Or do you think she lost all her constitutional rights when she asked for help to correct the doctor's mistake? At what point in the timeline did the Constitution stop protecting that little girl? And you know what he shot back, you know what he answered me with? Nothing. And you know why? Because there's just nothing to say. Because this is not a moral issue. This is just biology. And it happens. And sometimes... We need to fix it. And think objectively just about the medical truth. If for the vast majority of human beings who are born, if their genitals determine what their gender and what their identity is, and somebody can be born with both sets of genitals, a penis and a vagina at the exact same time, that covers everything all at once. It is logically irrefutable that you can be born with any LGBTQ identity because you can be born with both sets of genitals. It's a medical reality. It happens, and it's not a mistake. God did it on purpose. He made them perfect, just the way they are. And that little sweetheart looks like a boy on the outside, but she's really a tormented little girl on the inside, getting bullied for being effeminate, getting shit on by Christians, saying that he feels like a girl, and they are all saying he's an abomination in God's eyes for feeling like a little girl inside. You know, I'll tell anybody, you think she's an abomination in God's eyes? Go fuck yourself. I mean, I have a penis that makes me feel like a boy and that's why I'm attracted to girls. When we realize that God makes some people with both a penis and a vagina and it's not a mistake, it's God's will. That must mean logically, biologically, we can be born naturally gender scrambled or different. 
You know, orientation scrambled and identity scrambled. It's all on the table and that is a fact. And it doesn't mean there's anything wrong with anybody. It just means that's the way people can get born. And that is a fact. I read where one in 1500 babies are born noticeably atypical in terms of genitalia. So much so that a specialist in sex differentiation, they actually have those. A medical specialist in sex differentiation must be called in. The National Institute of Health says that they think there are about 15 different medical gender types. And I just want to say one thing to my fellow Christians who I find to be the vast majority of people who despise and want to discriminate against and look down and not have them in their churches when it comes to LGBTQ people. We are not God. We don't get to judge. We don't get to say who gets into heaven and except for Christ, whether you like it or not, any person who ever walked on this earth, including the Apostle Paul, doesn't have the delegated authority to decree to whom belongs the kingdom of God. And that is a fact. And here's another fact. Jesus never condemned homosexuality in the Bible ever. And while Leviticus uh, chapter 20 verse 13, it says men can't lie with men, but three verses before that in verse 10, it says men who commit adultery are surely to be put to death. So unless the Catholic Church is going to start executing the 1700 currently living priests and clergy who have sexually molested children instead of covering it up, if they're not going to start summary executions of those 1700 child molesting priests in accordance with Leviticus 2010, then when it comes to pointing the finger at gays in the name of Leviticus 2013 and disallowing LGBTQ people in the Catholic Church or any like-minded churchgoer needs to go sit in the corner because you have no moral right to judge gays when you're unwilling to hold your priests or the Falwells accountable under the same standard. You know, lots of times you hear Christians that don't know what they're talking about, uh, talking about Sodom and Gomorrah and LGBTQ analogies. And in Genesis 19, a guy named Lot barely escapes like a mob that wanted to rape two angels that had spent the night in his house. And they get away, and his wife turns to look at the two burning towns, Lot's wife, and she turns into a pillar of salt. And then Lot takes his two daughters into a cave, gets drunk, and has incest sex with both of them, and has babies. And a lot of times you'll hear Christians talk, the ones that don't know what they're talking about. And they'll talk about, oh, you know, gay, you know, Sodom and Gomorrah burned because there were gay people there, and that's absolutely not the truth. And if you read Ezekiel 16, verse 49 to 50, it says Sodom and Gomorrah didn't have anything to do with God's anger about gayness. It was only because they were unjust people. Sodom and Gomorrah is a story about what God does to the unjust and has nothing to do with gays. And God never says anything disapproving in the Bible of Lot banging his daughters and having incest babies. So there's just no place where evangelical Christians or anybody who wants to discriminate against LGBTQ people. There's just no verses in the Bible that support our judgment or our denial of any rights of LGBTQ people at all. And the Bible does say that marriage is defined as between a man and a woman, but with 15 medical genders and one in 1500 babies being born with potentially both male and female genitals, I think it's possible that we might be overlooking the possibility that gender identity isn't as simple as we thought because medically we know a person can be born with both a vagina and a penis. And if a person with both a neener and a flower decides to marry a man, 
then that's legitly sanctified Christian marriage of a couple and it's still marrying two people who both have dicks. And unless the Pope is going to write some new Bible verses that say people with hermaphroditic genitalia can't get married to anybody, then at some point all of God's people are going to have to come to grips with the idea when we read in the Bible that marriage is between a man and a woman, we're just going to have to accept the fact that medically there's just more than one kind of man and more than one kind of woman. And at the end of the day, one thing is clear, when it comes to biblical references about LGBTQ people, it never says that Christians should reject them or hate them or shun them or talk bad about them or look down on them. It only says to love them as you love yourself. And if you think about it, even though the Vatican has condemned homosexuality and denied LGBTQ communion and membership in the church, the excommunication is just mean and pointless because many, even most, of the 1,700 child molesting priests alive, today we're abusing altar boys so Catholic prejudice hasn't kept gays out, not even out of the priesthood. And guess what? If gays were recognized by the Catholic Church, there would be LGBTQ communities within the Catholic Church and maybe wouldn't have so many isolated, lonely clergy losing their minds and committing sex crimes. Because we know they haven't been able to keep LGBTQ people out of even the priesthood or the highest positions of leadership in the American conservative evangelical hierarchy like Falwell. Regardless, why not embrace them all in love? It'll make them better priests, it'll make them better evangelical Christian leaders, and everybody sins just as much as everybody else. Catholics and evangelical conservatives aren't fooling anyone, and they're no less sinful than LGBTQ people, and as soon as they realize it and start treating LGBTQ people with the same respect they treated Jerry Falwell Jr., his wife, and the pool boy, the better off everyone will be. And just let me tell all the LGBTQ people out there that I'm on my third marriage, and Matthew 5.24 says, every time I smash my wife, I chalk up two sins of adultery, but I know Jesus loves me, not discouraged. Nobody living on the planet Earth has the right to play God and judge you, but they can judge me all they want. It will not hurt my feelings. But at some point, someone will have to explain to me why the Catholics and Evangelicals shun and disparage LGBTQ people, because Jesus never said LGBTQ people couldn't be in the church. He said, let all the children come to me, for theirs is the kingdom of God. But let me tell you, if anybody doesn't feel welcome in the Catholic Church or anywhere else, City Chapel of Bremerton, Washington cares about you. Pastor Pete, my brother, streams his sermons across the internet and he told me, whatever you're dealing with, you don't need to do it alone. He is waiting for your call. And without judgment, he and his explosively growing church will be there for you. And whatever is hurting with you, we'll all deal with it together. And if you reach out, more than a thousand souls will be praying for you and instantly summon a flight of a thousand angels to raise you up and keep you safe. You will never be 